0: My best tip for if you just want to start, set a timer for 15 minutes and pick your drawer in your entryway console or a random drawer in your kitchen. And that little small task of just like setting a timer and opening up a drawer and starting with something really manageable, just like a single drawer, action inspires motivation. It's not actually as intense as your mind has built it up to be.
1: Welcome back. This is The Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan, And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started The Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and
2: so much more. We hope you love this episode. So let's get into it.
1: Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast.
2: We are having some technical issues over here. So bear with us. This is what happens when we're traveling and living in different spaces, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you live in a different place every week, you just don't know what you're going to get. So that's another part of the nomadic lifestyle that is not for me. because anxiety. <laughs> and I'm stressed. Don't worry. Don't <sighs> worry. We're fine. But how are you? Where are you? I am testing out Brooklyn for a week to see how i like it to see if i want to be living over the bridge and so far i really love it i'm staying in this girl's apartment it's like beautiful um williamsburg is a really cool so i'm just here for a week and then we'll be in another area for the next like three weeks until christmas and then i will be out of my moving around phase well not really honestly it's just going to be like this till january february yeah, So we're just leaning into it. But yeah, Brooklyn is fun. I like it.
2: Okay. I'm excited. I, did I ever tell you how like I, my parents, when I once told them I wanted to move to Brooklyn, they were like, we literally spent our entire lives trying to get out of Brooklyn. They're like, the fact that you want to go back is just so crazy. Cause my parents, my mom was born in Greece, but then moved to Brooklyn and grew up there. And my dad was born and raised in Brooklyn. And I was lived in Brooklyn until I was seven So my parents, like, getting out of there and, like, getting to New Jersey was, like, such a big goal and stuff for them that it's so crazy to them how pop in Brooklyn is, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone our age is moving to Brooklyn. Yeah. Is what people tell me. Okay, but we need a bump date from you, Christina.
2: Oh, my goodness, you guys. I am concerned. (laughs) So I just had my 31 week doctor appointment, which fun fact, I learned this, that in the state of California, you get way more doctor's appointments. Like California is really intense when it comes to female reproductive health, I guess. And your insurance in California covers more doctor's appointments than in other states, which I thought was really cool. And I'm like, okay, great love that for me. So I just did this really big ultrasound. It's like the last big ultrasound where they measure all of the baby's anatomy. And as I suspected and was concerned, I'm about to have a huge ass baby. Okay. And I am so nervous. I was, it's weird because pregnancy has been kind of challenging for me in the sense that I get sick, but overall, I feel like pretty good about it. Like I can just roll with it. I'm still able to do a lot of things. Very thankful for having a healthy baby so far and healthy pregnancies overall. One thing I was never scared of though was the actual delivery. I don't know why, I just felt like, I know that's something that a lot of women are scared of, but it never scared me. And I think part of that was just because it's so out of your control. You know what I mean? Right. You can't do anything about it. But now that I know I'm about to have a huge ass baby, I'm terrified. One for my vagina and two, just (laughs) for like what this experience is going to be like. So the baby is measuring four pounds, eight ounces right now. Nicholas was six pounds, three ounces when he was born. So the baby is going to be a lot larger. And the doctor said the baby's like limbs are also super, super long. They can't tell how tall the baby is because they're so like curled up in there but the baby's Mm -hmm. also breached which what does that mean it means that their head is like at the top of my uterus and their butt is at the bottom and in order for them to come out vaginally they need to flip around so i still have enough time for them to flip because they need to be flipped by 36 weeks and they move all the time on their own but of course having like a bigger baby doesn't necessarily mean like it makes it harder for them to flip so I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? Am I about to have just this gigantic baby? I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I'm like, am I going to have to have a C-section? Is, am I going to like have my vagina torn apart? Like what's happening? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? There's nothing I can do about it. But the doctor, I'm so obsessed with him, by the way. He's the hot one who's really smart and so Ooh. great at explaining things. In case you have a breached baby, He said, the only thing you can really do about it, because I know a lot of women get concerned about this, is drink a lot of fluids. And he used the analogy of like your uterus being a bathtub. And if you're trying to turn around in a bathtub, but there's not like any water, you can't like really move around. So you want to like make sure there's enough fluid for the baby to turn around. So I have been drinking way less fluid than normal way less water than normal because it makes me nauseous so now I'm like okay that's it back to gallon of water a day and hopefully that'll help I was
1: gonna say good thing you're always thirsty I no, no,
2: it's the weirdest thing I've drank I swear I drink a quarter of what I normally drink while pregnant which is really bad
3: because it makes me want to
2: throw up which is terrible Oh, I'm sorry. But it's okay. uh, It's just crazy. I'm about to have a big baby.
1: (laughs) It's so weird that you're going to have such a big baby because you and Steve are just so petite and small. I know.
2: that's strange. I know, I know. I was saying we were at the mall the other day and I'm not even kidding you guys. Three different guys stopped Steve at different points. We're like, so what NFL team did you play for? And I was like, damn, he must be like a lot bigger than I realized, like to other people. anyway. so...
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes when I haven't seen Steven in a while and then I see him, I'm like, damn, he is large. <laughs> He's large. He's, and so am I. Nicholas <laughs> was just a really
2: small baby because I think I had that single umbilical artery issue, which is probably why. So Honestly, what's a couple more pounds, what's, Christina? Nothing. Nothing. You'll be fine. you <laughs> will be fine.
1: Shoot that thing out of there. You'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have, I think I have cracked the code on a new dating habit of mine.
2: Let's and this it. hasn't
1: been int- this hasn't been intentional, but since moving to New York, I have only been dating guys who are significantly younger than me. <laughs> and this is not intentional. One I met in person, so I didn't know his age. And the other one, well, I did know his age because I matched with him on an app. But the younger guys, we are taking, and it was funny, Chris Christina sent me this funny TikTok about it, about how dating younger guys is like the new thing because you basically get to mold them and you don't have to put up with BS because they like see you as like wise and you mold them into what you want. <laughs> so you <laughs> yep. know what? Dating almost 40 year olds in LA really didn't work out for me. So now I'm dating like early 20s here in New York City. So I'll keep you posted, but so far... I was getting a foot massage today while I was answering my emails and it was pretty awesome.
2: I love it. And I think it's so genius. And I think that when we're younger, we always want older men. And I think part of that is because we want maybe some more stability or some, we just want someone to make us feel more secure, right? But as we get older, we realize that we don't need a man to make us feel more secure in other ways. So instead, we want someone to worship us and someone we can mold. (laughs) And I think that this is just like a genius trend and I'm loving it for you.
1: Yeah, so it's been going well. I have no complaints. Um, great. I do sometimes feel old as old as fuck, but, you know, we're we're moving past that. I'm still in my
2: 20s. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're still in your 20s. But that is really funny. And I love, you're not the only one. I feel like a lot of people are doing it. Like a lot of people are dating younger men and not caring anymore.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know if it was because I've been talking about it. So my phone is showing more (laughs) more stuff like that on social media or if this is actually a trend. I'm not sure. Let us know. Let us know if you think this is the new. I, I keep saying I'm in my Samantha Jones era when she's dating like Smith, whatever. Jared. Smith Jared loved him. I know he was hot. What are you obsessing over Christina? All right. Well, this
2: is also another pregnancy related thing, but guys, it is so crazy that obviously when you're pregnant, you know, your body's going to change, right? Like I've talked about this before. You know, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get bigger. Your belly's going to grow, but it is just so weird to see your face changing and to deal with those certain elements. And I've kind of been obsessed with it. And honestly, it, like I make jokes about it, but it has really made me insecure. Like I called my sister crying about it the other day. because I was like, <laughs> look at my face. It looks so fucked up. And maybe like to like someone who doesn't see me all the time, it wouldn't. But when you see certain things changing and I'm like, what is this? I definitely feel like my nose has grown again. But what's killing me more than anything is my eyes. And I know, Ray, this is gonna annoy the shit out of you because you always complain about this. But I feel like, okay, my eyelids have gotten, my eyes have gotten swollen and droopy. And it's just not something I've ever experienced before. <laughs> and also my eyes are like one of my favorite parts of my body. And now that like, I don't, now that they're bothering me, you it just only makes see me sad.
1: 50%. <laughs> what? What'd you say? Now you can, only see per- yeah. you can only see 50% of them because they're drooping. <laughs> okay. Well, number one, welcome to the droopy lid club. We call them bedroom eyes over here. Number two. <laughs> I don't see all these changes that you're saying, because maybe because I see you like I won't not in person anymore, but I see you on stories and online. But didn't someone message you the other week and whoa your face has changed? Yeah, and I literally wanted to. I
2: really was so annoyed. I I wonder if I ended up blocking her because she really pissed me off. Actually, I don't think I did. And I think honestly, I actually you know what? Now looking back on it, I think that's when I started noticing the changes. Maybe because she said something. Maybe she said something. Right. She made me insecure. So now I'm like hyper aware of everything. Also, maybe I don't know if it's just allergies as well, or maybe just like getting into winter. But I think I've just developed a lot of eczema now. Like I have like red patches on my eyelids and I feel like I have more acne too. So it's just like a combo of everything. And it's weird because overall, I know I'm like a confident person. I know I'll get past this. It's fine but it's crazy how you can be like super confident and then like have bouts of like insecurities at the same time. You can, the both oh, yeah, can absolutely. exist
1: together. And I mean, I think it's good to remember that like your body is going through so many changes. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a season and it's probably so much more in evident to you than to anybody else, but that doesn't diminish it. But this is just a season and soon you're going to have baby number two running around and it's going to be awesome. And you'll be like, oh. I don't even remember that stuff.
2: Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Let's see. As long as it goes back. But it is really weird that when you are pregnant and you start seeing these changes and Google it and they're like, yeah, that happens when you're pregnant. And you're like, not a common pregnancy symptom, but it happens. And then most of them are like, it'll go back. So don't worry. But I wish that's me, crazy. Wish me I know it's just so wild. But anyways, I've been feeling not so great about that. But today I'm really excited about our podcast because while my face is falling apart my <laughs> closet, closet is thriving my closet <laughs> is freaking thriving so today we're having danny deandra on the podcast she's an interior editor and organizer stylist and founder of spatial solutions she helps you clean out and organize and style your home in a way that is super intuitive to the way you live your life and it may be no surprise to most of you but i'm a bit of a hoarder And I can be very unorganized. And I can honestly say after a few sessions with Danny, she has transformed my freaking life. Like I cannot believe the mental clarity I feel and how obsessed I am with editing my life. I want you all to feel this way. It just feels so incredibly great to declutter, to realize that you don't have as much of an attachment to the things that you thought you did. And I'm so happy. Danny's going to come on. She's going to give us some tangible tips and a holistic approach to organizing and styling your home.
1: Yeah. And Danny really gives so many great kind of like step-by-step processes. So you can do this at home. If you don't have the budget to hire someone, like you can still take action and organize your space and feel so much more at peace. And I also love this conversation because for me, like when we were talking, my wheels were just turning because so much about creating like a space where you feel like at peace and organized is getting out of this bye-bye-bye mentality, which we've talked a little bit about before and just being really intentional with what you're bringing into your home or your closet and what you're spending your money on. And I think that is just always a good reminder to check in with yourself on your shopping habits and your purchasing habits. So this was such a great conversation. I'm already going to start implementing some of these things. Like I can't wait for when I have a place where I can unpack. Oh, I'm going to be purging those drawers
2: oh my gosh it makes me so excited and especially right now holiday season it's all about consumption we're getting into the new year I really hope that you listen to this episode and take some of these tips and enter 2020-23 with a clearer mind and a clearer space because I think it'll just make you so much more productive and happier overall so without further ado should we get into it let's welcome Danny. All right, everyone. Welcome, Danny, to the Confident Collective podcast. Hi.
0: Hi.
2: Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited to have you.
1: I have just been hearing nonstop how you're changing Christina's life, so I'm really excited to get in on the secret sauce here, okay? (laughs) I don't think you guys
2: understand how fucking liberated I feel. Literally. That is exactly how I feel after having Danny in my home and having her help me for like maybe the past two weeks, like a couple days here and there. And then also we've been texting back and forth. She's just <laughs> been like, so instrumental in like, clearing my mind and my space that I feel so good about it, that I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And I want you to be able to share all of your wise words of wisdom, your resources, (laughs) your tips with everyone, because I want everyone to feel as good about their space as I feel about my space right now.
0: Honored. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: (laughs) Guys, I literally was texting Danny. I had to pack and I was texting Danny at 10 o'clock because I decided to put off packing to finish organizing my closet because I just knew how much better I would feel after that. And that is something I normally wouldn't do. So I feel like that's a testament to how much you have changed you. my perspective on things.
0: And I'm really proud of you for doing that. Like, <laughs> so proud. You sent me that picture and I was like, oh my God, this is unreal. Cause I mean, cause it was a disaster. Just tell it
2: everyone, it's okay.
0: <laughs> Steve's section was literally exploding out of the drawers.
2: Uh, don't worry. Oh, poor we have. Steve.
0: You know, you know what, both of you, that's
2: what Danny's reaction was too. She was like, poor Steve. he does." I don't, I was like kind of abusing Steve. I was like, do you believe him? She's like, well, he doesn't really have anywhere to put his thing. So like, and now you're like poor Steve too. I was like, wow, both of you taking his side, but whatever.
1: Oh my God, sorry, um, sorry.
2: Okay, so I want everyone to be able to feel so great about editing their space and decluttering. And I think that for me, I guess it was just like a big hurdle to start. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's like, okay, wait, like I want to feel like this. I feel super overcrowded. Like where do they begin?
0: So that's always the hardest part. I think we build the whole task up in our mind of like, especially cause there might be so much to do. There might be a million different areas that you need to quote unquote, start in, but I always, my, my best tip for if you just want to start set a timer for 15 minutes and pick like your drawer in your entryway console or a random drawer in your kitchen. And that little small task of just like setting a timer and opening up a drawer and starting with something really manageable, just like a single drawer, it's like action inspires motivation. So once you just do a little bit, you start to like ease into the intent. It's not actually as intense as your mind has built it up to be. Like it's the same way when you have a bunch of errands on your to-do list and you just keep thinking about all the things you have to do. You're like, I need to go pick stuff up from the dry cleaners. I have to return something to this store. And it's like, once you're out and you pick the stuff up from the dry cleaners and you get the one ingredient from the store, it took like five minutes, like not actually five minutes, but it didn't take that long. And all the time you spent thinking about it, building it up is so much bigger than it actually is. Getting started on editing is sort of like that too.
1: Okay. You just described my entire personality. I get so overwhelmed when I have this huge list that I don't even know where to start. So I just, like don't even do it. So I think that's such a good tip is like, start small, but okay. So someone's going to like, start with this drawer. How do you like, what questions, like, how do you know what to get rid of or what to keep?
0: Great question. So the first thing is like, it seems really overwhelming, but the first thing you're going to do is just like take everything out. And then everything's going to be an absolute shit storm. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? This is so overwhelming. But then when you just like take a deep breath and look at it, you're going to start sorting things into categories, like things you absolutely need and sort of start grouping like items with like items. So like, let's take the junk drawer as an example. You might have pens, you might have a measuring tape, you might have like chip clips you might have batteries so, you know what i mean you have maybe you threw in old receipts from like times you went to the store and like you were maybe gonna return something and you didn't and you've got like rubber bands and all kinds of like random sort of thing there's change in there too like quarters and pennies right this is there's- literally
2: my exact junk drawer right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: i think i'm visualizing your junk drawer you know <laughs> um do is you're going to take all that shit out and you're going to start grouping it into categories. So you will be like, okay, so receipts are definitely trash. Like that's the stuff that you're going to throw away. Then you're going to put like coins together. Then you can put batteries together. Then you can put pens together. And then you start to see what you actually have. And when you group like with like, there's not actually, it's just like looked really chaotic, but there might not actually be that much in there. And then you've got like your measuring tape and your screwdriver. And then from there, you get rid of what you don't need and then maybe you need to add what I like to call infrastructure. So maybe you need like a few drawer organizers, something to like group the coins together. And that could even be like a random bowl you got on a trip. That's like kind of meh. You don't really want to display it, but it has like some sentimental value, like put it to good use, put that bowl in that drawer and put your coins in there. And then maybe you actually buy some drawer organizers from the container store or off Amazon to sort of keep the items in place. So every time you open and close the drawer, Shit isn't just like rolling around in there; it's like contained.
2: Okay, that makes a lot of sense, and I like (laughs) those kind of rules that you've just implemented in the infrastructure that we need. The thing is, I feel like a junk drawer is easier than, let's say, a closet, right? Where there's like more emotional baggage. Uh huh. (laughs) Because I feel like that's for me what's really hard. So let's like pivot to there. So say someone's trying to then edit their closet or their drawers are there any additional steps or questions they can ask themselves to help edit out items that might yeah. be a little bit harder to get rid of than like a pen or a paper clip or something? Yeah.
0: Like. So I recently ran into this, like, so there's a few things that once you get into your closet and you commit to, you're like, I'm ready to edit my closet. Right. Cause the first thing you have to do is like actually be ready to get in there. And at first you're going to look at the whole thing, like with your closet, Christina, you have a lot of stuff, right? You're a maximalist. <laughs> You're a fashion blogger. Yeah. You're many things, but you
1: love a hoarder. Sales. She's <laughs> not. A, she's not a minimalist. Don't no. say that. <laughs>
0: So you have, what we ended up doing was like starting in section. So like we started with that first section of hanging clothes and it was really, um, this always happens, but I enjoy it every single time with every client is watching you be like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I can't do this. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pull one hanger out. I'm going to ask you, do you like it? Do you love it? Do you wear it? And you're the first, like, you're like, yeah, I like it. I was like, okay, when was the last time you wore it? And like make an outfit in your head for me right now. Like, what would you put with it right now if you're going to like go walk out the door in it? And then oftentimes you were like, I'm never going to wear it. And so that's sort of like the questions, like you could make a lot of excuses for a reason to keep thing, but the second you have to like get into action and think about what are you going to put this on with right now? Is it going to feel good on your body? Are you going to feel like, Actually, good in it and excited when you wear it? Or is it one of those pieces that you've held on to when you were a different size or because other people wear it?
1: Do you recommend people try on everything as they're going through?
0: It depends. I think once you get into the flow, you get a little bit more comfortable being like, no, but yet oftentimes, yes. Like a recent closet cleanout I did that wasn't Christina, we had her try things on like almost every piece to be really sure how it felt on her body. And Mm -hmm what would she pair it with? And was she excited about it? And most of the time it was no.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So what would you pair it with? And are you excited about it?
0: Yeah. Like, does it literally feel good on your body? Or is like, I don't know. I'm like sensitive to the way things feels. Other people aren't, but I'm the type of person like, it's not comfortable. Get it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it doesn't like literally feel good on my body. And I think a lot of people like, don't realize that they're, disinterest in wearing something is because they actually don't feel comfortable in it. Not just like from like physically, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think something that you pointed out too, which really helped me get rid of a lot of stuff that I was holding on to was one, the comfortability. Like I probably mm-hmm. got rid of maybe 30 pairs of shoes, honestly. Yeah. And it's like, wait, She's like, when was the last time you wore this? That was like seven years ago. And a lot of them were just because a lot of them were also like shoes that I spent money on and I was really yeah. excited about them at the time. And they were maybe designer shoes, but the truth was they just hurt like crazy. I so know. So the thing is, I was never gonna wear them. And that, I think that financial element, is hard for, sure. for people too. So how do okay. you get it past that?
0: I think the best way to attack that is on the front end instead of on the back end when you're getting rid of it. Right. Cause the second you buy something and you, it leaves whatever store it, it depreciates in value by 95%. Right. So like you could try and resell things. There are some things that hold their value, like a double black Chanel bag, but most things do not. Mm-hmm. So my tailor actually taught me this. She was like, wear it around your house, like and try and order from places that have good return policies, that you have enough time to actually like wear it and experience it and make different outfits with it, especially if it's an expensive item. How many outfits can you make with those shoes? How many different places can you wear them? Can you walk around your house in them for several hours, like on and off, and make sure that they actually feel good on your feet? That you could en- you know, that you could endure them. So I think that taking care of like sort of experiencing something on the front end and like making sure you really want to bring it home or keep it home. And if not, return it. You yeah, know? I think
1: just that's such a good lesson of being more intentional with what you're buying instead of just being like, I feel like we are like, oh, I see something that's on trend or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I want that. And you got by it. And you don't really think about all those things that you just said of like, how does it make you feel? So it's really just boils down to being more intentional with your purchasing habits.
0: 100%. And then the other thing I would say is, I think it's really good to get clear on like what your aesthetic is and like what you like to wear. And so you can get a sort of be like, oh, that looks amazing on Ray. I love that outfit you wore and I love it, but that's not me and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like creating that distance between what you like on other people and what you like on you, you know?
1: How do you have like questions you ask your clients to help them get clear on that? Cause I think when we, you know, Christine and I talk a lot about fashion too, and finding like what makes you feel good. And sometimes when I talk to women who are, I know we're specifically talking about like clothing and cleaning out Mm -hmm. our closets, but like being intentional with that, how, I feel like sometimes people are like overwhelmed by that too. And they're like, I don't know, like, do you have any like tips?
0: There's like a page on, if you just Google like three styling words like Allison Bordenstein is the stylist that like made it really big, but look through the words and like also look on Pinterest at different images or the companies you shop online and the outfits they put together and start to like see the words that you would use to describe it. Or even like when you're getting ready, take pictures of outfits that you've tried on in the process, or once your outfit is complete, take a photo and then look through your photos and look at that list of words and try to put together Sort of what your three words are. And I think there are words like unexpected that, like, maybe you like to wear platforms where someone wouldn't usually wear a platform. So that's like unexpected at times. But a lot of the times, people are getting caught up in what other people's words are. And some people can wear a bajillion different styles, or they're like, you guys, a lot of the things you put together are to inspire people. Right. But I think people have to be discerning about what's authentic to them. So I think finding their three words and asking themselves every time they purchase something like, my three words are like minimal, tailored, and unexpected. Like, is this minimal? Because I'm more of a minimalist. Is it like tailored? Like, I love a blazer. I love a structured jacket. And like, unexpected. I love to wear platforms because I'm a small human, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that like figuring those things out and then letting that guide your decisions.
2: Yeah. I think that's a really good tip. And I think that something we should remember is that it should apply to like every purchase, right? Yeah. Because I think sometimes I get caught up a little bit more on the bigger purchases that I make, but it's not, I'm not making those as often. It's like yeah. the 30, $40, $50 uh-huh. quick purchases that I'm making that just add so like much those clutter. Jewel,
0: those jewel shoes that you were like, I've never worn them. I and know. I was like, you just got those beautiful Gucci shoes that would like do laps around these shoes. Yeah, and you'll be able to wear for years during the holidays and to weddings. And it's like those Zara platforms with the chunky jewels and the velvet you never wore one because they're really uncomfortable, and two because they're it's not actually like I think as elevated and as an aesthetic as that you would bring into an outfit.
2: Definitely, but for me, I was like, oh, this could be like a quick, perfect styling moment for the holidays. Exactly. It's forty dollars, no big deal. But exactly. like, no, that those add up. <laughs> not only to your bank account, but also to your space and to your mind. And they don't live rent free. You know what I mean? No,
0: exactly. None of it does. A foundational element to all of this is how much space do you have and living in proportion to your space? You know what I mean? I think it's really easy to be like, I want to be more organized and, but not be willing to edit and also not be willing to live within the means that your space actually offers you. Right? So a lot of people are at war with that. And the only way to get that sense of peace is to edit things out. But you know what I mean? Unless you want to pay a lot more money to live in a two bedroom and have more closets, but then you have more stuff to keep track of. And you can't even really wear it all anyway.
1: Yeah. That's something I learned this summer when I was traveling and living out of like two suitcases. I came back and I was like, wow, I was so much happier with my outfits because I was getting more wear out of my clothes and styling it a bunch of different ways because yeah. I didn't have so many options.
0: Exactly. It's
1: like, okay, we need to simplify people. The Do you have thing,
0: Ray, just to piggyback off of that, is yeah. that Traveling, what you would pack in a suitcase is a great way to also ask to help when you're editing. Would you pack that on a trip? Are you comfortable wearing those boots for long walks and doing lots of things? Like that's another way to ask yourself when you're editing. Like, would you pack that on a trip? I, that was a question I asked Christina a lot. I was like, "Did you bring that to Greece last summer?" And she rolls her eyes. No, because
2: <laughs> I had two drawers of swimsuits—one for bikinis, one. Or one One. pieces. I think I shared this on the podcast already. And literally neither of them could open. Neither of them could open. And we got them down to one drawer for both. Yeah. And you know what the crazy part is? is I actually had a photo shoot at the beach and I had to bring a bathing suit. And I, at that moment when I was picking one up, I was like, I ended up eliminating two more swimsuits from the drawer because I was like, I wouldn't bring either of these right now. And like, so what's the point of having them? Like if I'm supposed to bring my favorite back black bathing suit and neither of these are the ones I'm drawn to. Why do I even have them? Yeah. So
0: it's so liberating to you. Once you give yourself permission to let go of that stuff because you don't gravitate towards it anyway. And then it's just living in your space, taking up space, confusing you from what you actually like.
2: Okay. But what if people are emotional? And like emotionally <laughs> attached to things, because I think that is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah,
0: I worked with a client recently who lost her mom and a lot of the, there were, you know, she actually has the space to store some of the more sentimental pieces and we put them up higher. And like, there are times when I'll put stuff in bins that are sentimental, but I think it's good to give yourself a parameter of sentimentality, like one bin, right? When it starts to be beyond that, we have to be mindful of like how much space, the things that you're never wearing are taking up and remembering that the memories don't really live in that thing. They live within you, you know? So it's like finding that balance. I understand wanting to keep a sweater. Like it's nice to be able to put something on again, that might've been a parent that you lost, you know, or a grandparent, whatever it may be. But I think creating some parameters for yourself, some structure is really helpful.
1: Do you have any rules of like, okay, as let's say we went through the closet and we're feeling yeah. so good? We're, you know, in Christina's closet, she is like, ooh, I am organized. <laughs> I feel like I can conquer the world. But now like six months down the road, things are starting to get a little hairy in there again. Do you have like a rule of like one item in one item out or ways to, obviously we talked about being really intentional with your spending and what you're purchasing, but do you have any other rules around that to maintain that clutter free space?
0: Definitely a one in one out rule. And that's a rule that I follow. So when I don't have any hangers left and like, maybe I bought a new jacket, then I'm like, a jacket's got to go you know, because obviously if I was willing to buy that thing, I must not be really satisfied with the other things that I have. So got to create space. So one in one out, hundred percent.
1: This whole conversation is really like lighting something up in me in just about like how we need to have more conversation around just how we're spending our money and this like over, over buying like, and in this whole, like how I just feel like in our world right now, we just feel like we need to buy, buy, buy and
0: consume, consume,
1: consume, like,
2: yeah, so also get
0: a little high from it guys. Like there's some endorphins that come in, like, or even the obsession of even just like online shopping. I remember a therapist I worked with a few years ago was like, don't online shop for one month. See what you, sp- what else you spend your time doing. Right. And it's also hard because Instagram now puts all the brands that you follow up at the front of your stories. They've stopped that. You can't see your friend's stories. I've started on following brands. I'm like, I don't want to see your stories. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then in between stories you're watching of like people you love and like what they're doing and how their Thanksgiving was, they're like, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. So it's getting harder to even avoid shopping.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And like, that's Christina and I's job too. So I it's kind of like a
0: double edged, like
1: I double edged sword. Now I'm like sitting over here having like an accidental crisis. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? But I'm I also here. think
0: what's amazing about you guys is like, I look to you guys like for a long time for fashion inspiration. So maybe you guys it's like a cool idea to show people how you can rewear things in a bajillion different ways mm-hmm. and shop your like I love your thing Ray where you're like how to do this look on this size body and it's like showing that but it's like how can you shop your own closet to do that
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, I took us on a little small tangent there, but I just (laughs) had to
0: go down that road.
1: (laughs) Okay. So obviously, you know, being able to hire you and do this is not something everybody can afford and being able to like have the space and do all this, you know, that's definitely a privilege. So how... If you could say to invest in like three things that are really worth the money, if someone is on a budget and really wants to get some, get organized, what would you recommend three products to spend money on to help get their space organized?
0: Well, I think there's two ways to answer that question. The first one is like, you like ruthlessly edit your space first because maybe you don't actually need to buy that much to organize it. Mm -hmm. We organized the shit out of Christina's bathroom and we didn't have to buy a single thing. We just got rid of things.
1: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah.
0: Your underwears don't need to be perfectly folded into cubes. Like I don't care. I don't put my underwear away like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be perfect. It, you don't you know you don't need to fold your socks either. I think that it's really more about like a like creating that space and even living in the negative space. Like one of Christina's drawers is literally empty and it's amazing. You couldn't open a single drawer before. Like, can you also just like be in that capacity of openness and allowing there to be room and and really feeling at peace with knowing that you love everything that you own? Mm -hmm. Like, what if that was possible? It's crazy. Cause we're kind of comfortable being like, Oh no, I don't like that shirt, but it's okay. Like I wear it sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of products that I would recommend, I think that drawer dividers are great you get them on amazon you get them at the container store you can do plastic ones that are adjustable you can do bamboo ones that are adjustable but it is nice like if you have a t-shirt drawer to be able to be like tanks tees long sleeves you know what i mean that's just like it's kind of it's kind of fun i think yeah other products i would say that are really helpful are drawer organizers and if we're talking more like back bathroom drawers, kitchen drawers, like having once again, that infrastructure in place. And then if you don't have shoe racks, I would say it, or you don't have like built in shelving for your shoes. I would say like shoe racks are really helpful. Those are like kind of bare bones things. And I think having a hamper that you like is good too. Like something that's sort of aesthetic, Mm -hmm. I'm like weirdly compulsive about laundry. I don't like when my hamper is full. It gives me anxiety. I don't know if anybody else is like that. And then I just think about doing laundry more. But I think having like a pretty hamper is always a nice accessory as well. If you feel like investing in something sort of beautiful in your space as well.
2: That's something I need, by the way. I think those are all great tips. I love the storage I mean, the drawer organizers and how you said like maybe like, you know, tank top, short sleeve, long sleeves, something I think that you're really good at. And I wonder if you have any tangible tips for people is, is there like a certain layout or like intuitive way people should be organizing their closets, their bathrooms? Because I feel like obviously my bathroom, let's say, for example, and even like my closet, they were super cluttered and unorganized, but only because of the high volume of stuff. Yeah. But otherwise, like I wasn't living in total chaos. Like, no, you had not like
0: there was a flow. There was a flow, but it,
2: but you changed the flow up a little bit and made it way better, which I was shocked because I thought my flow was freaking genius before. <laughs> so, like, is there a certain flow or certain thing? a certain like way people can follow to like organize and maybe like style or things to yeah
0: I think one of for the them things, yeah I think one of the things to ask yourself is like how do you use the space the most right like is there a way for you to have like pretty beautiful everyday stuff you put on your face like cosmetics and skincare that you can display on a cute marble tray on your countertop right but be really curated about it and can you like? There might be like a bajillion different peels you do at different times of the month. Don't put that on your don't put that on your countertop, right? Like put like your moisturizer, maybe your face wash, like a retinol and like a vitamin C or something. And ideally, maybe you're buying products that are slightly aesthetically pleasing, but if not, it's okay too. But putting something on a little tray like creates a little cute home for it that creates a designated area, mm-hmm. sort of like infrastructure. And then in terms of like, closets everyone's like so different on what they need so I think finding your flow like maybe it makes more sense for you to put like work tops together instead of like all kinds of tops together like how do you decide to get ready what is your life call for so maybe you decide like your sweaters were up high and you're really tall But I was like, there's still something like not functional about that, because even though you're tall, these kind of can't be folded right when you put them away because of the accessibility. Like, so I was like, let's move your sweaters down because then at least when you put them back every time, they'll be neat because it's literally at a more accessible height. So I think asking yourself those questions of like, is this challenging me for me to reach those? like is there a better, can I put things that I use less frequently up high things that I use all the time down low, finding aesthetically pleasing bins and baskets for maybe like, maybe you don't have a drawer to put your bathing suits in. Okay. Get a pretty basket, put your bathing suits in it, put it up high since more seasonal item.
2: Absolutely. I think that's super helpful.
0: Isn't it? I know it's hard because it's like the solutions are very personalized to the person. You no,
2: know, but I think getting clear with yourself and asking yourself those questions, like how do I live, like how do I get dressed, because I think mm-hmm. it's so easy to be like, oh, you want to style everything and like color coordinate everything in your closet. Exactly. But maybe like that doesn't work for someone. Maybe why is someone's white tank top when they live in like Minnesota with their white sweater? They don't need that white tank top right now. Yeah, it's a weird I, example, but you, you know, know what I mean, right?
3: Really.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also good to. I actually learned this from Allison Bornstein, like who's a stylist. She like hides her clothes from herself sometimes. Like she said, if you buy a new piece that's like in the winter, that's for summer, literally hide it from yourself so that when summer comes around and you open it back up, you're like actually excited to see it. There's something visually about not seeing something every day when you go to get dressed. So you can also, those are like other things that you can play with when you're excited about your summer clothes again.
1: Interesting. I think I unintentionally hide stuff because I just don't have space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> yes. You have like an
2: Amazon storefront, right? Or you have like a storefront where yeah. everyone can find like your best yeah. organizational tips and, yeah, and also, I
0: do, even if you're not in LA, like I do virtual consult. So like, maybe you can't invest in working with me long-term, but you can invest in maybe like one session virtually, which is like an hour. And I can give you some like really practical tips and get that editing process going sort of like rip the bandaid off, you know?
2: Okay. I love that. And also Danny and I did some stuff virtually too. And honestly, it was just as effective for me as having her in person as well too. So I think that's really helpful. I'm yeah. so excited for everyone to just get mentally cleared to free up their space a little bit to be more intentional with their shopping. So thank you so much for all of your tips. Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Danny D'Andrea. Where else can you find me?
2: Your website.
0: Yeah. You can find me at my website, which is spatialsolutions.com and all of that will be linked in the show notes. I assume. <laughs> yeah, so we'll yes,
2: link, I will. <laughs> and we'll link Danny's storefronts too. So if you're looking for certain products that you can find and then make sure to tune into just our stories and specifically like my reels too, because I have so much content of before and afters that I cannot wait so to good. share you with you guys, both of how we organize the space and also how we've styled the space up a little bit too. And I think you'll love it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Danny.
0: Thank you both so much for having me. It was so much fun.
2: Thanks, Danny. All right, everyone.
1: It is time for Ask Away with Ray and Kay, where we sit down with you and give you our solicited advice. Let's get into it.
3: Basically, what happened was a few weeks ago, I was taking my dog for a walk at this park. And it's kind of like a nature park. There's like a pond in the middle. It's really nice. It's very peaceful. But the only problem is there's not typically a lot of people around, which is kind of nice, but also can be kind of scary. And I was walking and then there is this guy who seemed to be probably in his mid to late 20s. I'm 22 years old for reference, so he's a little bit older than me. And he was walking his dog and I just kind of said like, hey, your dog is really cute, you know, just trying to be friendly and have those like little small interactions with people. And then I was about to walk off and he was like, hey, you're really beautiful. It was it just like really caught me off guard. Like and then the next thing that came out of his mouth was, do you work out a lot and where do you work out? And I was like really thrown by that. And then, I don't know, he was just kind of like trying to sweet talk me into, I I think, like hanging out. And he basically said that he's from L.A. and he's new to the area. I'm in Tempe, Arizona, because I go to school at ASU. And he's like trying to look for friends. And I'm actually moving back home to California in December. So I basically said to him, I'm probably not the kind of person you want to get to know because I'm leaving in a few weeks And he just kept trying to like push me and push me into giving him his, my contact information. So I said, well, I'm not really comfortable giving you my phone number because I've seen some of my friends like get weird stuff from guys when they've done that. So I was like, Instagram is probably harmless. I can give him my Instagram handle. So I did that. And he just, afterwards, he basically just kept pushing. He was like, can I still get your number? And I was, it was really strange and I didn't like it. So I I gave him my Insta handle and he was like trying to follow me, but the signal was pretty bad because it was kind of in a weird dead zone, at least for like data connection. And so then later on, I basically was like, well, probably later on, you'll be able to add me when you get to a place where you have a signal. So then he adds me later on and it's, it's, his account is like really strange. It basically was one of those accounts where he had no posts, like no followers it looked like he had just made an account, basically. And so he like sent me a message request and I opened it. But like before I responded, I basically like looked at it and I said, hmm, interesting. And then a few minutes later, it was like he took back the message. So I don't know what happened. I think he probably was like, mm, she's not looking to get any right now. So bye, which I thought was kind of weird, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like as women, we need to really listen to our intuition. And I feel like in that instance, your intuition was like, ding, ding, ding. Like something is like a bit off here. Like something is like not weird and you should never feel bad for not being comfortable giving your guy your phone number. Like, and if he makes you feel bad about that or keeps pushing, red flag. Major like, a, red flag. a guy flag. who's like major red flag. Like I think the appropriate thing for a tap in that situation would have him be like, oh, I totally understand. Like I'll message you on Instagram. And like, not be weird about it. But the fact that he's like, was pushing you and pushing you is giving me weird vibes that like, this is not like, not a good situation, like creepo. Yeah,
3: That's what I was thinking, too. And I think the very interesting thing is, you know, when I told him, no, I'm not going to give you my phone number, he basically just said, look, it's not you. It's just I've had weird things happen in the past. And I just want to make sure that I'm safe. And he was like, no, no, I'm not like that. I'm not going to like do weird things. And then he started like telling me about his life story. And I'm like, that's not going to convince me. I have no idea who you are. You could be a serial killer for all I know. Like, I don't know (laughs) what's your deal.
2: But also you should never even feel like you have to give a disclaimer for how you feel. Your feelings and your thoughts on that are valid enough. It doesn't need to be. I don't want to give you my number because it's just like, I don't want to give you my number here. Follow me on Instagram. Maybe we can chat later. So definitely trust your intuition. This person is giving me the creep. So like nothing, did anything else ever happen to that? So nothing ever happened after that, right? Like you guys didn't talk at all?
3: No, I, after he, it was almost like he took back the message request. I'm guessing that's what happened. Cause it just, it was weird. It was there. And then like 30 seconds later, it disappeared. And <laughs> I never saw it again. So no, nothing happened afterwards. I
1: think, I think, yeah, it's just a good reminder that like, as women to just remind ourselves, because I, no matter what situation you're in, like I do this too. I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Like blah, blah, blah. No, we are literally trained and it takes a lot of training to not be like people pleasing, especially when it comes to like male dynamics. And I think it's just a good reminder. And like your story, thank you for sharing it about it's just a good reminder to be like you can say no confidently with no explanation. There doesn't need to be anything afterwards, and you don't need to feel bad about it. And if a guy pushes back on you about it, then that's not a good sign. Like you have not like goodbye, boy, bye. Definitely, yeah.
2: And also, I think it's a, a an important reminder. And I don't know if you've done this or not, but if I were you, I personally would maybe block this account. Because you don't want yeah. this person knowing where you're going or seeing it. I don't know what your social media is like, but if you're like also going for another hike or like sharing where you know, like maybe where you live or yeah. where you're taking your dog, like you just don't know who's watching you. Um yeah. and since this person already has red flags, we don't need him seeing any of your stuff. I think that we always need to protect ourselves and protect our space and I mean, the internet is such an incredible place, but it could be scary too. So, not to freak you out, but I just think that we all (laughs) should be hyper aware of that.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I actually tried to find his account and I couldn't find it anywhere. So, I'm not even sure. Maybe he deleted his account like right after. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It was a really weird situation because I was like trying to find it so I could block him and I couldn't find it. I looked up the exact handle and I couldn't find it. Weird.
1: Well, yeah. good thing you're peacing out to California. Bye. But that's yeah. scary. I'm sorry you had to do that. Um, thanks. Yeah, this
3: place is just really toxic. I kind of hate hear <laughs> that. <laughs> it's okay. Aww, On to bigger idea. and better
2: things, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and thanks for being an example to all women that you can say no, period. And if a guy doesn't respect that, then
3: bye. Bye. Yes. Uh, thanks. I think it was also really helpful that while I was walking my dog I was actually talking to my mom and I had my earbud in and he didn't know that so the entire time I'm talking (laughs) to him my mom is hearing everything and when she heard him ask for my phone number she was like in my ear she's like don't give him don't give him your phone number what are you doing
2: (laughs) (laughs) wait that's so funny well she was right mama's no best sometimes
3: Yeah. She's a Greek mom. I mean, come on. I (laughs) know. know. I love that we have so many
2: Greek similarities, Mia. Thank you so much for calling in and chatting with us. I hope that this is helpful to everyone. And I know that you might not be in your happy place right now in Arizona, but you have a new journey on the horizon and I'm excited for you.
3: Thank you. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to being back home.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mia. Good luck with everything. And Thanks. Yeah, we just appreciate you taking the time.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you giving me advice. Of course. Of we'll talk course. soon. Mia. Thanks
1: again. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Bye. Bye.